right, we are in Psalm 143, and I want you to notice what it says in verse 1. It says, A psalm of David, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications, and thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness, and enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. Uh, for the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness and those that have been long dead. And I want you to notice how David described his persecuted soul is what he specifically mentioned. They persecuted my soul. Now, David, he had not been literally killed, obviously, but in his soul, he felt like one who had been long dead is the way he describes it. And just as real as physical problems are, and we... How many of y'all have a physical problem maybe bothering you right now? Right? Just, you know, something hurts, okay? And, you know, the older you get, the more you have that stuff. Those are real problems, too. And what's, now, what's nice about that is often you can go to a doctor and he can tell you, you know, this is wrong. You know, this is out of joint. This is broken. This part of your body is really old. And, and sometimes you've got to have parts replaced. And so when it comes to the physical ailments that we have, those are obviously are often pretty easy for us to identify and they are real problems. You know, pain is painful and we don't like it. But did you know that just as real as physical problems are, just as real soul problems are also just as real. Now, when it comes to soul problems, it can be a little more difficult sometimes diagnosing those things because we can't see the soul. But without a doubt, it's a real thing. It's there. There's no doubt about that. In fact, Jesus when uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said in Mark fourteen thirty four, he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. So even Jesus, he's like, I'm about to the point of death. And your soul, how you feel in your soul, it does affect you physically. There are many things about the soul and the body that are kind of connected. For example, you know, and I, I can't explain these things, okay? But at the same time, you know, if somebody, when somebody comes to you with really bad news, why is it that when somebody tells you something and you hear it in your ear and it goes into your brain, it can like affect your stomach? Have you ever had somebody tell you something and it felt like you got kicked in the stomach? We've all been there before. And then, and, and then it's like the rest of the day, your gut hurts. What's going on? Nobody hit you in the stomach. Nobody touched your stomach. But yet something, Affect what you heard affected your soul and that effect on the soul. It had a negative impact on the body as well. And we've all been there before. We've all felt those things where we've had, you know, bad news. We've had we've been dealing with problems, difficulties that they weren't any kind of they shouldn't have been a physical challenge, but they were a challenge in our soul. And without a doubt, it had a negative physical effect. It can it can get you to the point where it makes you sick. I mean, have you ever just been going through so much stuff? all up here, that it affects you everywhere. I mean, it's, it's a real thing that we've all been, we've all been there. We've all dealt with these things. And so David, he's been talking about how they persecuted his soul. He feels like one who's been long dead. Verse four says, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. And notice that while David uh, his, while his soul was like it had been dead for a long time, his spirit was currently in this state of being overwhelmed. And then he goes on to say, I remember the days of old. 
I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of, my, of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. David's soul was thirsty. David, his soul was desperately in need of something that only God could give. And he says, Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down to the pit. And David, he was at a point where he just didn't feel like he could hold on any longer. And I don't believe that David's born again spirit could fail, just like I don't believe David was able to, or, to go down to the pit because David was saved. But it didn't change the fact that in his soul, that was exactly how he felt that day. In his soul, he felt like I'm like one of those going down to the pit. I'm on my way to hell. That's just how low he was. And you know, if you read Psalms, I mean, David, he was, uh, he was an emotional guy for sure. And he was really good at expressing those emotions. And when we read the Psalms, you know, we've all been there where it's like, I can relate with this Psalm today. Some Psalms, David's, he's way up high on a mountain. And we've had those moments. Some he's down in a pit like this. And we've all had those moments. And these Psalms, they can be a blessing to us when we're at, at different points and at different states. But David was definitely at a low point right here. He felt really bad. And again, our feelings don't always reflect reality around us. Y'all understand that? Our, our feelings don't always reflect, reflect the reality that's around us. I mean, you know, your children often act like you're the worst parents in the world, you know, when they're getting in trouble. And they feel that way. I mean, they are in bitterness of soul. They are crying out in pain, even though you barely spanked them. You know, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's how they feel. They act like the world's coming to an end, you know, and eventually, you know, it takes a little more to get us to that point. But we all still act like that sometimes where we think the world's about to end. We're ready for the world to end. It's just like, go ahead, Russia, drop the nuke and, you know, go ahead, comet, hurl, you know, cream into this planet and put me out of my misery. All right. We've all felt that way before. We feel that way in our soul. That often happens. And so he says, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. And David made a good decision when he was at this low point. You know what he did? He gave himself to God. He said, teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble and of thy mercy. <clears throat> Cut off mine enemies. Destroy all them that afflict my soul for I am thy servant. And so notice David's cry at the end for God to deliver him from those that afflict his soul. There were many times where David was under physical attacks, but sometimes it was. Sometimes it was more of an emotional attack. You know, it, it couldn't have felt good having your son turn on you like it did, even though that was a physical battle too. But I sometimes think, you know, what he dealt with in his soul was probably even more difficult. And so just as, a, as it is appropriate to pray for physical ailments, and we often do, understand it is appropriate for us to pray for ailments of the soul. Just like we would pray for God to remove a cancer from our body, sometimes we might need to pray for God to remove a cancer from our soul. Those that afflict our soul. These are very real things. And again, we're not always that good at identifying those things like we are with the body. You know, we thankfully we have x-rays, cat scans and 
you know, ultrasounds and all these different things that they can use so we can find out exactly what is wrong with our physical body. But when it comes to the soul, when it comes to the ailments of the soul, that can be a little more difficult to diagnose sometimes. But it's again, it's just as real. And so just like it's important to know your body so you can know what to do or know what not to do, it helps to know our souls. It really does help to know our souls. And so what I want to do in this message, I want us to look at some things that are harmful to the soul. But at the same time, too, while we see these things that are harmful to the soul, I'm just going to warn everybody in case you start turning into an American and getting a victim mentality and woe is me. Okay, we are also Christians. And so we can find victory in anything. And you can still be victorious no matter what your soul is going through. You can still be victorious because we are Christians. We are overcomers. We are children of God. So just don't even think about getting a victim mentality as we go through some of these things, even though I I guarantee you some of you have dealt with some of these afflictions of the soul. And so, um, you know, it is wrong and it is sinful, I believe, to do things that are harmful to our bodies. We shouldn't be abusing ourselves physically, but I also believe it's wrong for us to purposely do things that are wrong and that are harmful to our soul. Just like we, it's good and helpful to have a healthy body, I think it's good and helpful to have a healthy soul as well. And so just like though, when you're not in sin, when someone harms your body, okay? If you go out somewhere today and you get mugged and you get beat up, people are going to hurt your body. You did not sin in that. But you know what? You're going to be in pain for a while. You're going to struggle for a while because somebody beat up your body. You know, you get in a car wreck. You didn't sin, but yet you're going to be at a huge disadvantage because your body got beat up. And let me tell you, there are things that the devil does. There are things that the world does that kind of beats up our soul sometimes. And it hurts and it negatively affects us for sure. You're not in sin, but here's when you're in sin. When you go and you're doing things on purpose. And so some of these things we're going to see, there are things that we can do to ourselves. But understand too, sometimes it's done to us. And when these things are done to you, It hurts. It stinks. It makes things difficult. It makes things challenging, much more challenging for us as Christians. But at the same time, you know, while you don't sin when somebody messes your body up because they beat you up or beat up your soul, you know what? It still hurts. And we ought to shoot for a healthy body and we ought to shoot for a healthy soul. But again, if you don't have those things, that doesn't mean you're a victim. And so... um, Satan is going to try to do things to harm our soul and body, and we don't need to help him out in this era. We're going to have plenty of difficulties. We're going to have plenty of struggles that we have to deal with. We're not going to ask for problems. And so what are some things that are harmful to the soul? We'll turn over to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7. And you know what? If you like to underline things in your Bible, you might want to be ready to underline two words. But in 2 Peter 2, 7 says, and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man, talking about lot, dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, you might want to underline those two words, seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Living in Sodom was harmful to the righteous soul of lot. And what was it that harmed his soul? It was seeing and hearing. Now, does anybody, can anybody tell me what two senses you use a lot? We'll say with the television. Seeing and hearing. 
And let me tell you, there's a lot of wickedness that we see and that we hear on our television. Did you know most of the wickedness that's going on in the world today that vexes us, we didn't see it out on the streets. We saw it on our television. We saw it watching the news. We saw it watching the internet where somebody's telling us how horrible our world is. And just understand, there are things that when we see it, when we hear it, it vexes our soul. It hurts our soul. It's, it's harmful to our soul. You know, be careful. I'm all for exposing the sodomites and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, let's not go vexing people. There's just some things we don't need to see. There's some things we don't, we don't need to look at. It vexes my soul to see cross-dressers. I don't like seeing that. And I hate it that our government's putting these people in high offices where we've got dudes in dresses with beards and we're supposed to look at that. I, I don't like that. vexes my soul. That is harmful to the soul. But that's the world that we are living in today. And just like certain parts of our country are physically dangerous, and there are, there's some parts of the country that are physically dangerous. There are places that are dangerous for our souls, that are, that we should stay away from because they are harmful to the soul. There are places where we know debauchery is going to be going around. There is no reason for us to be hanging out at the bars. There's just no place, there's no reason for us to be hanging out and, you know, going to certain parties where they, we know there's going to be debauchery, we know there's going to be drinking, just going out in some of these gambling casinos where we know there's going to be all kinds of wickedness going on. We know there's all kinds of just floozies running around there and just things that are harmful to the soul. We know that's what they're all about. Why would we even hang out at these places? Why would we go there? They, these are, they, it will vex our soul and we need a healthy soul. So why am I going to go somewhere where I'm probably going to get my soul beat up? And that's exactly what's going to happen. And there's just certain places in Chicago and certain times in Chicago. I'm not going to go to those places because probably I'm just going to get beat up or something. And I don't need that. I don't need to get beat up. I, I don't need my soul to get beat up either. There are certain times and places where we know things are likely to take place and we don't need to put ourselves in temptation. There are certain parades we just don't need to go to. I want to expose the wickedness. Well, how are those parades not exposing themselves when it comes to their wickedness? Do we really need you there telling us what we just saw? You know, when people are out there doing the unspeakable, do we really need you filming it and showing it to us and saying, hey, look at this dude and what he's doing, and it's bad. And, and you needed me to tell you that. No, we all know that. We all know that. Let me tell you, too, with a lot of this wickedness, all we're doing, they just want attention. That's how they spread their filth. And sometimes even Christians unknowingly help them spread the filth. Best thing we can do with these people is ignore them. And that's one thing too with the sodomite crowd. They love opposition. They're trying to act like they're persecuted. They're trying to act like it's the new civil rights thing. And the best thing that I think we can do with a lot of these people is just ignore them. Especially in places like this. Understand, if they have a gay pride parade in this town, it won't be mainly people from this town. It's going to be people from cities. It's going to be activists that travel around to spread their wickedness. And you know what they need? They need, you know, tumbleweed and dust flying across the street to greet them. And no people. That's what needs to happen and stuff like this. Because looking at that stuff, it's just harmful to the soul. Uh, and Luke 11.4 says, And forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us... Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We don't need temptation. There's going to be enough temptation that comes along on its own 
that we don't need to go places where we're likely to be tempted with evil. Matthew 26, 41, Watch ye and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So understand, temptation is something that we ought to want to avoid. And we've got a lot of people with this just arrogant attitude, like, I, I can handle it. No, you're better off just avoiding it. It's like these, you know, these guys that they learn a few jujitsu moves or something like that, and they think they're ready to just go fight anybody. It's like they're out there looking for a fight. It's like, hey, we ought to be ready in case we ever do need a fight, but we shouldn't go out looking for a fight. And you know what? We ought to be prepared and be ready and, you know, be at a point spiritually where we can handle temptation. But you know what we shouldn't do? Go looking for temptation. That's the last thing we need because often, while our spirit is willing, our flesh is weak. And so certain sins are not just harmful to the body, but they're harmful to the soul as well. It says in Proverbs 6.32, But whoso committeth adultery with the woman lacketh understanding, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. And then the very next passage, he goes into the story of the young man who is void of understanding, who goes by the house of the strange woman. And this guy, he doesn't even realize. He's like an ox going to the slaughter. Until the dart strikes through his liver, he doesn't even know what he's heading for. He is, in the, he is walking right into temptation. What is this guy thinking? That's what, and we're not going to take time to go through it, but just understand it is wise for us to avoid temptation. It is wise for you to try to stay out of conflict. Listen, I'd like to think that I'm Chuck Norris and that I could like take on all the, you know, the gang and beat them all up if I ever need to. But at the same time too, you know what? There's a lot to be said for the guy that just knows how to stay out of conflict. Again, say so you a coward? I'd like to think I'd stand up to him. I'd like to think I'd accomplish something or at least make him regret coming after me. But at the same time too, if I can avoid the conflict, I'm going to avoid the conflict. I don't need to get beat up. And I don't necessarily need to beat somebody up. Sometimes I feel like it, but at the same time too, we shouldn't go, we shouldn't go looking for that kind of stuff. And you know what? We shouldn't go walking around thinking we can handle temptation. That is a very foolish thing to do. And sadly, there is just no way to avoid all physical pain. There is no way to avoid all vexing of the soul. We live in a dangerous world. Our soul, your soul is going to be vexed. I wish I could, t I wish I could tell everybody here, hey, listen, if y'all follow the Lord, health, wealth, prosperity, you're never going to get sick. You're never going to have any physical problems. You're never going to have any accidents. Folks, all of you in here should try to do your best to take care of your body, but you will have accidents. You will get sick. You know, there are going to be things that happen. I don't care how right you are with God. You can still get in a car wreck and you can break your leg and break your neck and you can have all kinds of terrible... And let me tell you, those physical problems are going to create challenges for your life. doesn't mean you're not right with God, but physical pain is difficult. And you know what? We live in a dangerous world and there are going to be things that are going to come along and they are going to be harmful to your soul. They're going to vex your soul. They're going to wound your soul. I'm, but I'm just here today to tell you, don't go asking for those things. Just like we try to be healthy and we do everything we can to avoid breaking our arms and to avoid breaking our necks, we ought to try to avoid harming our souls because it is very important that we have a healthy soul. I am a better worker when I am in good shape physically. And we are all better at everything when our soul is in good shape. I'd like to think that even if I broke my leg, I would still find ways to be productive. But it would be more challenging, for sure. And so if I can avoid the broken leg, I'm going to avoid the broken leg. 
Now, here's something too that's it's, it's always your fault, but that's but it's harmful to the soul. That's participating in sinful practices. First Peter two eleven says, "Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the souls." There's some thing, there's some things you ought to just stay away from. Why? It's not just because they're no no things and bad things. No, they war against your soul. There are sinful behaviors that don't necessarily have a negative impact on you physically, but they do have a negative impact on your soul. They war against your soul. Having, it goes on to say, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the King of Supreme or as unto governors, as they that are sent by Him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. We need regulation in our life. We need to try things to help us keep, to keep us from sin because sin wars against the soul. And just like, you know, it's amazing how we have a country that's wanting to regulate trans fats. They're wanting to regulate sugar intake for people. They're wanting to regulate all these things in our diet because they're harmful to the body. And so, big brother government's going to come in and they're going to tell us all these things we can and can't eat because they're harmful for the body. But then, when it comes to things that are harmful for the soul, they promote those things. They're promoting sin. They're promoting wickedness. They, and not only do, for example, a lot of the immorality, I mean, it literally has a negative physical effect. It spreads diseases. But yet, they don't care about that. You know, you do have things that are harmful to the soul when it comes to, you know, when it comes to a lot of the emotional problems that come from things, just the, the things that people are dealing with. You know, even for example, you know, statistics are proving this all the time. Just how much better off people are when it comes to mental health, when it comes to opportunity in life, if they just come from two-parent homes. If you have a father in the home, you, that makes such a difference on the life of an individual. Why? There's a lot of young people growing up in homes where they're being fed. They're being educated. They're, they've got all these things going for They're protected. They have houses. They're warm in the wintertime. They're cool in the summertime. They've got all these things going for them. Yet, you're much more likely to become a criminal if you have a fatherless home. Why is that? You know why? Because there's also things that are helpful to the soul. And you want to know something that's helpful to the soul? Having a mother and father that love each other. Having that kind of stability in your life. That is a blessing. And that is a help to young people. That is good for the soul. You want to know, you want to know something that's good for the soul? You know, yesterday was very good for my soul. Seeing, you know, your child who's done right, you know, get married, be happy, excited. I mean, folks, this is what we've been working for for a long time. And, you know, what I got to observe yesterday, let me tell you, it was a good day for my soul yesterday. It, 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 it really did bless my soul in a great way. You want to know what would be harmful to my soul if I was going in court with my son, watch him get sentenced to prison? You know, that happens. You know what would continue, you know, and while, while I'm thrilled right, my soul is thrilled right now, you want to know what else could be harmful to my soul if I sat with him a few years from now in divorce court? Watching them fight over kids and stuff and things like that. That would, that would be harmful to my soul. And you know what? That kind of thing is what most people are living with today. And understand, those things are difficult on the soul. They have a very negative impact. And we, this is why we need to stay away from sin. 
We need to stay away from the sin. You know, my son, he, he, he's done things right. His wife, she's done things right for them to get to this point. But if they start participating in the sins of this world, it's not going to matter. If they start doing things that war against the soul, it's not going to matter. And eventually, they'll be right where a lot of our world is going. We never want to let our guard down in these areas. Sin always has a negative impact. And God doesn't tell us to not do things for no reason. We might not always understand God's reason, but either way, sin is always harmful. It is always harmful to the soul. Even if it didn't hurt your body at all, it's always harmful to your soul. And while sin might bring a brief moment or a season of pleasure for your physical body, just understand the lusts of your flesh are never, ever, ever satisfied and it will always bring pain to the soul that, by the way, will eventually affect your body as well. So just watch out for that stuff. Lust is never fully satisfied. When you give it what it wants, it always wants more. So just don't participate in sin. Another thing that's harmful to the soul, again, harming your body itself is harmful to the soul. It says in, in 3 John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. And sometimes, too, our soul is doing good, but maybe our body's not doing so good. But sometimes too, you know, our bodies do, might be doing fine, but our soul's not doing too good. And the, here's the thing. These things both have an impact on each other. We've already talked about that a little bit, but physical problems can and probably will negatively affect the soul. This is no excuse for sin, but it is much more likely to make you sin. Hey, how, I mean, for example, too, you know, eating just, you know, you know, if I may sound like a camp meeting preacher for a minute, going to the steakhouse, getting a big old juicy porterhouse, A1 sauce, baked potato, little butter and bacon bits. Hey, man, who's all hungry right now? You might want to testify. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's good for the soul. Now, it's not just good for the body. Trust me, my body, my taste buds, my stomach, everything enjoys that, but there's just some, there's something about that pleasurable food that it is it is it is good for it's good for the soul and and it puts me in a good mood you know cold stone creamery amen i it, it's good for my soul so it's not good for your body it's good for my soul <laughs> you know that's why dr pepper is good it's good for the soul and <laughs> so but just i i say all that to say you know that you know, it, to show too how hunger does can't hunger negatively affect the soul. Hey, how many of you are more likely to sin when you're hungry? How many of you are more likely to sin? You know, when when you do, you start feeling those hunger pains, you get grumpy. You shouldn't snap at people. But how many is more likely to snap at somebody when you're hungry, sitting in church, pastors talking about food, and you're hungry, than if you were actually, you know, at Outback Steakhouse, you know, eating all that stuff I'm talking about. Or Galena Steakhouse over over in Dixon, they got they got good steak over there. You know those these are uh, you know these things they do affect us. And again, it's not an excuse for sin. There's never an excuse to sin, but there are things that will make us more likely to sin. And purposeful self harm, that is always a sin. First Corinthians six eighteen says, "Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body." What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? 
For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So understand, this body, it is, it's the temple of God and we ought to glorify God in our body. We should not purposefully harm the temple of God. But understand, when man harms your body, when man harms your body, or even when nature harms your body, or even too, we just act, you know, a lot of our harm that we do is, is self-inflicted, but just from us being stupid, all right? You know, we, we've all accidentally done something harmful to ourselves. But when, when man harms your body, you have not sinned, but the damage is real. The damage is absolutely real. We've, I've talked about this before, but in the anti-IFB crowd, they often condemn and they often criticize us for the emphasis that we put on purity. Because they act like what we're doing is we're picking on young ladies who have been victimized and abused by making pure physical purity a virtue. And it just shows just how twisted and perverted these minds are and that they just don't understand anything. And But here's the thing. A young lady who gets violated, she has not sinned against God. God is not upset with her. She has not ruined her chances to uh, be a good Christian in any way, shape, or form. But but at the same time, too, that individual that abused her and hurt her, abused her and hurt her. And what he did was harmful and has irreversible effects, which is why I believe perverts and predators ought to be put down with capital punishment. I I believe in that. I, I believe in having pedophile pit in every county like i talked about the other day we're just i I believe in that and if i ever get elected any high office i i'm i'm shooting for that and and we'll have we'll we'll have a safe town but understand you know but they're acting like you know we shouldn't even talk about purity no it is it's a very valuable thing just like my right arm is very valuable to me you understand that my right arm is very important to me now if somebody cuts off my right arm guess what god still loves me I didn't sin, but I'm going to be at a huge disadvantage now. It's going to affect my golf game. It's going to affect my, it's going to affect a lot of things that I do because I, I've, I've lost something. Something was taken from me. And so understand when you, you know, we should never go harming ourselves on purpose or doing things that can harm ourselves. It will have a negative impact, but understand in this world we live in, you might get your body harmed. And when you do, when things harm your body, when things cause you pain, it does. It affects your soul in a negative way. And so we don't need to be adding to that. Another thing that affects our soul in a negative way, but this isn't necessarily sin. In fact, most of the time it probably isn't sin, but it still negatively affects your soul. That's being overcome with sorrow and grief. I mean, Jesus, what did Jesus say? My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. What, do you think he was feeling good physically that day? No, the Bible says he was sweating, as it were, great drops of blood. You know why? Because he was in agony. He was in physical agony because of the torment that his soul was in during that time, just with the thought of what he was going to have to face on the cross. Not just the pain, but the carrying of our sin. He knew he was going to go there and he was going to die. And he was going to die not like you and I die where we're absent from the body to be present with the Lord. No, he was going to be dead for three days. And he was going to go into that heart of the earth and his soul was going to be made an offering for sin. He knew all those things were going to happen to them and he did not enjoy the thought of that. 
And it, and it made him sorrowful to the point where he felt like he was going to die. Being overcome with sorrow and grief, will, it, it, it negatively affects your soul and your body. John 12, 27, Jesus said, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Jesus was troubled about what he was going to go through. But then, that's why I'm here. And thank God, he followed the will of the Father and did uh, what was necessary for our salvation. And let me tell you, it is not a sin for you to have grief or sorrow, but it does take its toll on your body and soul, doesn't it? Listen, there's something wrong with you if you lose a loved one and you don't have grief and sorrow. Something's wrong if you, ha- if, if you get terrible, horrible, tragic news and then you're out at Pizza Ranch stuff in your face. I'd rather see you throw up, you know, when you hear terrible news. It's, it's going to negatively affect you. For sure, these things are harmful to the soul. But, you know, but it's not a sin. Mary did not sin when a sword pierced through her soul. I believe that's a reference to the cross when in Luke 2.35 it says, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I believe that uh, you know, that was prophetic about Jesus dying and she, Mary was at the cross and observed her son that she bore, that she raised, that she took care of, that she nursed, that she probably taught how to walk and talk and all these things. She watched him hang on a cross and suffer. You think she enjoyed that? She knew. She knew that this needed to be done, but there was nothing about that that she enjoyed. And I believe it, it pierced her soul. And so again, sorrow and grief are not a sin. And most of what we talk about are things that are harmful to the soul and even the body. And these things are not a result of sin, but they do result in great difficulties. But here's what we've got to get a hold of as Christians. Even though our soul and body often get run through the ringer, just understand it as Christians, we're not supposed to be guided by the soul and body but by the Spirit. And let me tell you, we, do, we live in a wicked world. We live in a world full of wickedness, of sin, of tragedy. There's pain, there's sickness, there's sorrow. These things are all real. There are a lot of things out there where you're not even sinning and these things are just tearing your soul apart. They'll, tell, they'll tear your body apart. But you know what? That doesn't mean that we still have an excuse to not be effective as Christians because as Christians, as saved people, we also have that regenerated spirit. We have that born-again spirit that we're supposed to be walking after. And the truth is, this is why we don't have an excuse. I, I do. I wish, like John, that your soul and body will prosper. I want the soul and body of everyone in this church to prosper. If you're sick, I hope you tell the church about it so we can pray that you'll get better. If your soul is struggling, I hope you ask for prayer so we can pray that the Lord will bless the health of your soul and the health of your body. But let me tell you, even if you are weak in soul and body, you can still be effective for Christ. You know why? Because His strength is made perfect in weakness. It says in 2 Corinthians... 12.7 And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Folks, and Paul, he went through a lot. Without a doubt, Paul suffered in the soul and in the body. But you know what? Paul probably did more for the cause of Christ than any other man that's ever existed. And you know what? And he did it in weakness. He was somebody who was weak in his body. He was somebody who was weak in his soul, but he was strong in the Spirit. He followed after the things of the Spirit and he did great things for God. And so how do we find... And you know how we often find strength and success in God? It's often when our soul and when our body are tore down. We see in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, remember what he said, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Listen, sorrow is a real thing, but our sorrow should be different than the sorrow of the world. Ours is a sorrow with hope. And do you know how we find success when our body and our soul is torn down? And you might be there. You might be somebody, and if you're not there today, you'll probably be there at some point, where in your body and in your soul, it is torn down, it is weak, you are down. But how do we now connect with the Spirit? How do we go forward in the Spirit? You want to know how we do it? After He tells them not to sorrow as others have no hope, we all know this passage. He said, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. We go through this passage pretty much every time we're at a funeral. You know why? Because people's souls are in pain. Listen, when you're at a graveside, that's a time when, you're, when your soul is in pain, and your body probably is too. When you lose a loved one, that is a painful time. So you know what we do during this time when people's souls and their bodies are struggling? We go, we go to this passage, and he goes on to say, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain of the coming of the Lord should not prevent them which are asleep. We remind people that Jesus is coming back, and they will be raised from the dead, and that we will be reunited, reunited with them. And you know what it says at the end of that passage? You all know this passage. We're not going to read it all. But in verse 18... Look, listen to what he says. He says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is what we've been talking about. It's the words of God that make the difference. It's the words of God that connect with the Spirit. You know what you need when your body and your soul is tore down? You need this book right here. You need scriptures is what you need. You need to be comforted with these words. These words, they affect the Spirit and the Spirit. That is what we need. That is what really makes the difference. In our bodies and souls, we're nothing. In our bodies and souls, they're weak. But in the Spirit, the Spirit, that's where the life is. This is where the power is. The power is in the Word of God. And so understand that while we don't like it when our body and our soul is beat up and tore down, understand, sometimes that's when we're the strongest in our spirit. Sometimes that's when we're able to do the greatest things for God. That's why some of the greatest Christians who have, been, who have done the most, who have been the most inspirational, are people who have been through all kinds of tragedies. What happened? How were they able to do so much when they had been through so much? You know why? Because they were so broken down in body and soul that they were able to connect with that Spirit and the words of God. And that's where the power is at. 
The power is not in our sinful soul and in our sinful flesh. It's in that born-again spirit that is within us that has been regenerated by Jesus Christ. That is what we need. And so while bodily exercise profiteth little, you know, godliness is profitable in all things. There are people today who have strong bodies, they have strong souls, but you know what? They don't have the Spirit of God in them and they are of no heavenly good. There's a lot of people out there. They're all about the healthy mind and the healthy soul and you know the healthy body, and they're into all these relaxation things and you know yoga stuff and all these things and you know just about you know having that healthy mind and body and just feeling good all the time. But you know what? How helpful are these people spiritually? Zero. No help at all. A lot of them aren't even saved. A lot of them are on their way to hell. You're not getting anybody saved with teaching them how to clear their mind and to feel good, and to make all the bad energy go away. That doesn't do anything. You know, what, you know where we make the difference? In the Word of God. And remembering the words of God, it will help your spirit. And the truth is, we do the most for God when we do things through the Spirit rather than through the body or soul. And folks, don't get me wrong. I prefer to have a strong body and soul. I like that a lot. But you know what? I believe God wants to do great things for all of us. And I hope God doesn't have to break this body and soul down to get me to do something for him. I would rather find how, you know, figure out how to do it without him beating up my soul and body. But he might do that. He might do that. But, you know, in the Bible, too, and I'm not, we're not going to take time to go to this passage. Often when we talk about that's why we fast. You know what we're doing when we fast? We're kind of afflicting our soul. We're afflicting our body. It's amazing whenever I fast in that first day, okay, if I just, I, I'm not planning on fasting tomorrow, and if I was, I wasn't going to tell you because you know, I don't want to lose my reward. But if I was going to fast tomorrow, I know my body very well. It's going to get in a really bad mood at about 11 o'clock. And even at 9 and 10, I'm going to be like, man, this is going to be a long day. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to be that hungry yet. But at 11, I'm going to start getting in a bad mood. And, and the truth is, you know, when you fast, Listen, you've got to work extra hard to not sin. You know, what good is your fast going to do, your soul and spirit and everything, if when you get all hungry, you go home and you're snapping at your wife and kids and committing all these extra sins? No. You're going to have to work even harder to not sin. But understand, it's through those things that often helps us connect with the spirit. And to get this body and this soul in subjection, and it's so important, we do, but we do all these things through, or let me ask you this, do we do these things? So you're talking about you know, connecting with the Spirit. Do we do things with our spirit or with His Spirit? Well, 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. The truth is, that Spirit that's in us, that we have, our Spirit, it's something that's born of God. That's how we follow, when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we do that in our spirit. So the, the key to getting victory is learning to follow the Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit of God, and we do that by following the Spirit that is in us, not by us following the body and the soul. And the Word of God is the guide. The Word of God gives us all the instructions that we need to do what the Spirit is supposed to do. And it is. It is absolutely necessary for us to get God's Word in our hearts and in our minds. When you got saved... And God regenerated your spirit. It did not come with all Bible knowledge. 
It only came now with the ability for you to understand the Bible. You have to be in the Word. You have to be reading the Bible. You need to meditate on it. You need to think about it. You need to listen to preaching from the Word of God. You need to talk about it. Remember what they said in the Old Testament? They said, this law, it shall be in thine hearts. And then what did it do? It said you need to talk about it. You need to talk about it in your house. You need to talk about it when you lie down, when you get up, when you're walking by the way. You need to write it upon the doorpost of your house. Why is he telling them to do that? Because th- this law isn't going to do a bit for you if you don't even know what it says. You have to know it and then you have to do it. And that's how you have to get it in your heart. And what did it say in Psalms 119, verse 11? Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So it's all about the Spirit. So I tell you all this to help you understand your body and soul. I hope everyone here has a healthy body and soul. It is my prayer that you have a healthy body and soul. But you know what? You're not always going to have a healthy body and soul. We live in a wicked, dangerous world. We live in a world where there is harm everywhere. And your body and soul are going to get run through the ringer. I can promise you that. And it will negatively affect your body and soul. But you still have the Spirit of God. And if you have the Spirit of God, no matter what your body and soul is going through, you can still do great things for God because the Spirit is where the power is at. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much for Your Word and the clarity it gives us on these things. I pray I'll help everyone in here, Lord, through these messages to understand these differences. And I pray, Lord, that we will all, uh, in this world that is just obsessed with image and body and soul, I pray, Lord, that we'll get... We'll get more interested in the things of the Spirit. And no matter what happens to our body and soul, Lord, I pray we'll do our best to take care of those things. But more importantly, Lord, I pray that uh, when we are weak, uh, you'll do great things through the Spirit in the lives of each one here. In your name we pray. Amen.